Welcome back, Chase and Josh. Episode number two. So last week we uh, left you guys off with our thoughts on the MCU and Star Wars, and we told you today we would be getting into the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, pretty big episode. Has a lot of critics out there. Uh, we're really going to do a big deep dive into this one, which is great. So if you haven't seen the movie, you stop now. Yeah, turn back or forever hold your peace. Yeah, <laughs> probably uh, wouldn't get too many positive comments after this video if that was the case. So yeah, no. It, it, what I would say though is if you haven't seen it, really do take the time out if you're a Star Wars fan to go see it. Uh, we want to get your opinions on it. Uh, we want to go back and forth, take a look at the comments, see what you say comparatively to what we say, and things of that nature. But overall, what do you think? Overall, um, well, I'll start out by saying so. I, <clears throat> I'm one. I'm like a Star Wars nerd, so I love that stuff, and of course the MCU as well. Um, so I saw it at midnight. So the first time, right? I gave it a B minus. I would say as like a letter grade. I guess on a scale of one to ten, I gave it like a seven point eight. Right. But that's really because I was seeing the inside of my eyelids half the time and creating my own scenes, so it made sense. And I saw it again. And then I looked at everyone else around me, completely removed all the critics' opinions, so I had a fresh start. Like, a completely fresh start. And I gave it, like, 6.1. Okay, so numerically 6.1 out of 10. Yeah. I guess it's kind of similar to what I gave it. I gave it a 6.7. I think there's things that made sense to me that maybe didn't make sense to you. Um, you know, there might be differing opinions on viewers out there as well. High level, if you've never seen Star Wars before, just a casual fan, and you're just looking to see a cool movie with some awesome action, great movie for you. If you are a Star Wars fan, you've kind of kept up with where the franchise is right now, where it has been in the past, and where it was going. I think we can all say that there's quite a few plot holes, things that didn't make sense, see, things that seemed to kind of be forced in there to kind of tie up past mistakes. I mean, that's just, you know, off the top of my head, some of the quick takeaways I had. What about you? Yeah, I, I felt like, you know, if, if this was the first Star Wars film you've ever seen before, as far as, like, action nostalgia, it is visually stunning. Like, it... Um, it is amazing. It's kind of like one of those, you know, you really want to go on YouTube and watch the really cool, like, lightsaber battles at some point, right? Um, so as far as that goes, if you've never seen a Star Wars, I would say you'd think it was really cool. However, if you are part of the true Star Wars fan base that really digs into detail, you're going to have a whole lot of problems with this one. Like, there's... It's... I want to try to even listen to everyone else that tries to say, oh, you know, I don't didn't think it was greater than the originals, but I ranked it higher than the prequels. I can't even as go as far to say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I'll rank it higher than the Attack of the Clones. Uh, I don't know, man. I know we disagree on that. This, this kid loves the Attack of the Clones. Someone please tell him to do something with his life. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I agree for the most part. I, I do believe that <coughs> while I'm not going to put it in my bottom you know, let's say two, like we ranked them last week, I will say that it for sure didn't make my top five. And to see people... You know, one of the things I really dislike is seeing that uh, 
meme that's coming around saying, <coughs> oh, like, you know, you're, you fans don't like it because it doesn't build up to your, the way you felt as a child. It's really nothing to do with yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, for me personally, the, the, the points that I'm going to point out today are just factual, like, you know, what we've seen before, what they did, why it doesn't work in some places, right? It's not, it's not like, oh, you know, I, I'm missing my childhood. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that they put stuff into the movies, they didn't follow through with it, or they threw stuff in there to make it try to make sense, and it didn't work, in my opinion. Oh, I completely agree. Honestly, I feel like if you're ragging on season eight of Game of Thrones, you should really recheck your facts if you're saying this is better than that. I think they're both trash, to be honest. I wouldn't say this is trash. I do think the season eight Game of Thrones, we'll get into that in a couple weeks. I, I promise you that we're going to get into that. But uh, at least season eight of Game of Thrones logically made sense. Okay. Like, they didn't just pull stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And there are some things here where you just, like, where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can see that, too, a, on, a, on a low level. But, you know, so I think what we should really do is we should talk briefly about The Last Jedi, where things kind of ended up there to tie into where Rise of Skywalker started. Sounds great. Yeah. You want to kick this off? Yeah, so, I mean... I think the real pivotal point of uh, The Last Jedi where things started to really pick up and really kind of tie that whole movie up together. If you guys don't know, most of the true Star Wars fans do know, but if you're fairly new, uh, the last three episodes, The Force Awakens, uh, the, the Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, a different director uh, directed The Last Jedi. And so it's almost to me that they almost battled each other instead of work together to make... Like, they were almost like, I'm going to make the better movie. No, I'm going to make the better movie. Like, I've got a cool twist. No, I've got a cool twist. It didn't seem like they really worked together to a common goal of making the fans happy and really following the storyline of what would have made sense. So, let's start right where they, they had, like, Luke Skywalker ending up in the, in the center of the battlefield facing off against Kylo Ren. They had a really... You know, I, I think underwhelming saber battle. Uh, I didn't I didn't love it. And then on top of that, you find out that it didn't even really happen. That it was a hologram projection that Luke used all of his remaining energy for through the Force. I didn't love that. I really think it would have been cool if, if Luke was really there and Kylo dusted him in a saber battle. Because at that point, you kind of get that feeling like, oh boy, like we we might lose. Right? Instead of like, oh, we pulled one over on you, like, you've used all your energy for, for this, and now here we are. So, tell me your thoughts about that. <clears throat> My thoughts are, I can see it both ways, and here's the reason why. So, of course I feel like we were robbed of that big climactic battle that we all deserved of Luke and Kylo Ren kind of facing off. I think the previous director felt he gave us that, but was also being creative with his altruism style at the same time, and what he was trying to set up. Now, as far as what he was trying to set up, just like you said, I think it was something completely different than what Abrams was going for. Sure. <clears throat> um, which I also did hear room, a rumor as far as this film, I don't know if this is true or not, correct me if I'm wrong, but Abrams was not involved in this film until towards the late ending stages of filming because he was caught up in other, other contracts, which could be a reason why, who knows. But going back to The Last Jedi, I do understand the part of 
Okay, maybe, you know, Luke it has definitely been a lot of time since, of course, Return of the Jedi. So he's definitely lost a step or two. So the director almost wanted to make it realistic. In what way can we make this creative so he can take on Kylo Ren, who, you know, his mother is his own sister, and his father his best friend. was the best smuggler in the galaxy. <laughs> and Luke's closest friend. And closest friend, right? Save, save Luke on multiple times. If you haven't, I think you guys should check out the older ones before. I think you should really watch them. Honestly, I know I'm almost kind of going off track here, but I think the coolest way to watch the Star Wars films, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. I think it's really cool, and this, this is why. If you haven't watched Star Wars, I can't give away the biggest twist in all of cinematic history, right? right? But you need to watch 4 and 5 to get that. And then you go back to the prequels and see how that all came to be, mm -hmm. then how they wrapped it up with the, uh, you know, the Return of the Jedi, to where they are you know, coming into this age, the Age of the Resistance. Cheers. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there you go. We'll take a little cheese on that. I'll take it, man. Yeah. Um, but I <clears throat> understand from the sense of <clears throat> almost got a little choked up on that one. From a sense of emotional, did I? No, there's no. Emotional <laughs> um, but almost like it reminded me of the Dark Knight Rises as when is you know. Christopher Nolan was trying to convey the idea that Batman had lost a step. You know, it has been a lot of time since Return of the Jedi, so I thought it was actually clever that he was doing that, um, and he was able to kind of match Kylo Ren one-on-one, -on -one. and if you do watch it close, you can tell he doesn't ever really try to go after Kylo. It's almost like he keeps backing up the entire time. Um, which then, of course, you find out it's not real. At the other same time, that's the big one of the biggest problems I have with The Last Jedi, is you were given the expectation this was going to be like that Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, you do have this huge lightsaber scene with Vader and Luke and find out one of the most iconic pieces. Right. Um, we were never given that in The Last Jedi. Um and to the extent of I can even go to accepting the idea that I think it's interesting what they were trying to come up with as how as he used his entire force and like died that way. But it was completely declimactic. The, the most legendary Jedi in history goes out in a way that is completely unbecoming. Just kind of with whispers away in the wind. Whispers in the wind, which, you know, I think leads into this. I didn't like it. Movie. That's why I said I, I would have loved to see, you know, even if Luke didn't... Yeah, I think it would have been cool if Luke passed on, having done a super, super uh, saber battle with Kylo, the real one, even if Kylo didn't kill him, if the energy he exerted by having that intense battle would have been too much for, for him at that point in his life for how long he's been alive, that'd have been cool. Go out that way, but like, just because he used the force from the distance, and then you're like, ah, you know what, I'm tired. It's about time for me to 
you know, wave all off into the sunset. And then how cheesy was it when you did the whole uh, thing? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think we both agreed that The Last Jedi was one of our least favorite movies. But where that kind of ties in, you know, towards, the, you know, to kind of continue on to The Last Jedi for a quick other second, is Snoke, they almost, he was built up to be this really badass, like, next Palpatine-esque Sith Lord, like the one who's the puppet, like the puppet master, and they just, they killed him off as if it was super nonchalant, like he didn't really matter to the storyline, and, and I almost think that's why Abrams felt like he had to, to, to save that a little bit, but at the end of that, the most important part I think that we are going to talk about later in The Rise of Skywalker is when Kylo asks Rey to join him, like, that, you know, the Jedi are dead, the First Order said this rule of galaxy together, and, like, she sees, like, no, like, you're psychotic, absolutely not. They start battling over that saber with the force, and then the saber breaks. Right. right? The saber breaks. Uh, you know, we, we go back into space. The captain ends up sacrificing herself, throws it into the hyperdrive, goes through the entire, um, you know, kind of like a, a kamikaze attack on, on the First Order's yeah. um, uh, uh, ship there. So it was, it was an interesting way to end to where they began the Rise of Skywalker. Which I think really leads into this one, as we were discussing earlier, almost like how it's jumped over so many years. Like, they're taking, starting to take a lot of liberties with the Force and its power. So, as far as the ending of The Last Jedi, how Kylo was almost able to go one-for-one with Luke, even though he technically wasn't there, it really leads into this one... As far as, you know, he's, you're assuming, right, because there's been such a time jump that he's kind of been on this power frenzy that it recasts in the very beginning. Yeah. It's starting to take over planets, and he's looking for the Wayfinder, uh, which I actually got the name right this time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's pretty much just kicking tail and taking names from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's going to lesser planets, but there's no one there to defend anything, so he's yeah. just kind of, you know, taken over. But I thought it, it was it was a cool scene to, you know, okay, like he's still in the height of his like, um, I would say power trip, right? Yeah. So he's like, you know, I, I'm still the most powerful being in, in the galaxy right now, like, and I, I need to find this to really, you know, complete where I'm going. And 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 uh, you know, what what did you think about? where that started, and how it went from him, you know, just doing his thing, taking over planets, to it kind of transitioning into Poe, Finn, and Chewie on the Falcon. I think it was an amazing attention getter. Getter. Um, actually, it was one grabber. Grabber. Getter. Grabber. Yeah. We're we're gonna teach him English and, and uh, how to debate in the same show, guys. So thanks for watching. <laughs> and, and ironically, I have a minor in English, which is really funny. Yeah, it really got me somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was actually one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie was the very beginning the very beginning okay. because you showed literally how powerful Kylo has become at this point like right. from going one on one with Luke to now he is starting to be they really man. 
the Alexander the Great of the Star Wars generation. Vader. Honestly, like, yeah. he, he became Vader. Remember Vader and like the New Hope? Like everyone was terrified of him. Yeah. You know, they're just like, yeah. Like remember in The Empire Strikes Back to kind of go backwards a little bit. Vader scared Lando to the point where like Lando gave up his close friend Han and like yeah. everybody because they they just didn't they didn't want that smoke. Uh, you know, right. so Kylo in in his grandfather's uh, you know ilk really just kind of in, embraced his dark side and you know I, I think that was a really it was a really great way to grab the audience attention. Which I gotta say I was really impressed by Adam Driver in this movie. His emotion so. in the film I thought he was easily the best um, actor in this film, just by conveying the sense of emotion and the change he goes through in this film, which is the problem I had with the next scene opening up in this film with, you know, Finn and you had Poe and then immediately leading into Rey and her kind of like time jump. Like, why was it that these three, for whatever reason, the first hour of the movie couldn't seem to get on the same page? Yeah, uh, well, for, for me, like, it, I, I didn't mind it so much. I thought it was kind of cool. The one thing I did find that I didn't like is the Millennium Falcon, every single episode, you know, it has an issue. Like, Millennium Falcon's never at optimal, like, yeah, <laughs> optimal power, yeah. right? So, like, it can only get a couple hyperdrives and they just get that extra one out of it. Like, I mean, like, come on. You know, we, we've seen this enough. You know, getting back to the, the Tapo, they're kind of continuing his character arc of, you know, I, I'm that arrogant, let's go get him kind of, you know, no plan, let's just, let's just get at it and see what happens type of guy. Um, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're the chosen one, kind of, you know, how uh, Ray is portrayed to be, she's going to have secret training that you're not going to know about. You know, you know, Princess Leia, she was the, you know, the overseer of everything, so she had to make sure that Ray was going to get the proper training, so it makes sense that, to me at least, they, they weren't on the same page. Finn kind of was trying to, you know, mediate, like, hey, man, like, we don't, we don't know what's really going on, like, this is, she's been in training in, with, with Leia this entire time, right? So then we kind of jump into where she's been, she's kind of meditating, levitated in the air, rocks going around her in that vortex, really kind of symbolizing how far she's come from a straggler on her island as an orphan to now one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy, right? So she's really kind of taken that training to the next level. Which, if you haven't seen the movie and you're still watching this, hey, mad respect, I don't know if I could do that. But she does things in this film that are outright, I've never seen happen before. Like, she jumps 300 feet in the, in the air to a backflip. Like, if I could see that in the Olympics, that would be the best Olympics I've ever seen. And it, like, cuts down an entire ship. So, I mean, it's... It's just the way to go through the wing. Um, I, think, I think one of the biggest things we disagree on is the way the Force is used. Yeah. Like, the way the Force is, is portrayed to being used in this film, it's a little bit different. And some people don't like how many liberties have been taken with the power of the Force. There's a couple things I really don't like we'll talk about later on um, with the Force. But in this case... And especially, you know, we'll, we'll go into the next scene, but at the end of the day, if any of you guys have watched Dragon Ball Z at all, when they go into the hyperbolic time chamber, you know, they power up, they level up, they get the new hair, they get the new powers and new abilities, it's almost like, like 
she's she's graduated. She's you know entered that next level of the secrets of the force that maybe not necessarily we've seen before. And, and almost kind of is a testament to her power and her training that she's unlocked new secrets and new abilities. And I personally like that as opposed to just keeping things the same all the way through. Which I can get on board with that. But at what point do you take new liberties? Like at how far do you jump with this? It I'll, almost, I'll tell you when you should stop. Yeah. stop later on. Like, that's a big just... problem with the like, <laughs> thing. Don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. But yes, I, I, I see what you're saying. And then it almost goes, like not to jump off topic or anything, but it raises another question. Was Abrams on board with the last director where you have the whole scene with Leia, how she comes out from space? Like, was that really to convey an interest instead of letting her go at that point and it being an iconic moment to show, like, how far the Jedi have come? Or is it really, like, what the audiences, a lot of critics are saying, is to make up for the last director and they were trying to throw something together well, with their storyboard? Let's let's kind of get into the Wayfinder, and you know when they finally got together on where where the uh, Resistance base was, and they figured out, hey, you know we they've got this, we've got to go find the clue to the secret of the world of the Sith, right? right. So they they jump on to the Falcon, they go to this planet, they're having a great time in the beginning, they're dancing, they're hearing this awesome music, and uh, she was given a necklace, right? So she was given this necklace, and uh, Chase, I'll, I'll let you take a little bit further from there, because I know you've got a couple issues uh, where, where this goes. Most ridiculous scene I've ever seen in my life. Uh, point being with that is, yes, we have seen the Force used in the past, you know, what's it been? Eight films now? Eight films? This is the ninth one, right? Yeah, so I did get that right. Different ages, <laughs> too. I mean, yeah. They're the age of the Republic, the age of the... Exactly. Yeah, we've never seen this ever happen, which I can get on board with. You know, you I like it. Liberties. He hates it. So My problem with that, though, is if you want to take liberties with that, that's okay, right? But don't make it a pivotal reason on why the story got to where it was. Because the whole idea of the Force was it's the natural surroundings around you that you're really harnessing. It doesn't mean you jump across light light speed space to get to where someone is to grab an item off their throat to find out where they're going. That's never been the case in a million years. If that was actually the case, why were, on, why were they on that planet to begin with? Otherwise, you could jump across time and space and grab the item they were looking for and find out where to go. Well, the thing is, like, and I think this is what, we're, what you're missing, is that Rey and Kylo Ren have always had a connection. They're the only two that really showed this connection, even in the previous movies, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. They've been able to talk to each other and communicate and interact with each other in a way with the Force that other people we haven't seen before. So now that they've both might have been like, you know, we've seen uh, Ray trained to where she's at and her abilities of the Force, we've got to assume with the way Kyle opened up the entire movie, what he was able to do, that he's, you know, at least on par, if not even stronger, right? They've, they've both gotten to a new level of what the Force can do. So, and they're the only two. It's not that we, like, you know, it's not like someone else like Leia all of a sudden can do this. Like, no, they're the only two that are able to interact with each other, so it wouldn't make sense that, that you know, I can just jump to the Sith Road because I can go across time and space. Like, no, he knows where she is because they've got that connection. He's, he didn't do that with any other character. 
It's not like he, he like, oh, I see where Chewbacca is on the Falcon. Let me grab the steering wheel and, and like throw it into the ground. They, they personally have always just had that interesting connection with each other. And I think that is exactly why it works. Because they, in the entire movie, it's not like they, from the scene that we both love at the very end, right? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> it's always just those two that, that have had that. The force worked uniquely, uniquely between them, not with other characters. And that's why I think that particular aspect of the movie worked. Which I do have to expand on that topic just for a minute. Uh, the reason why... So I can't even go as far as Two Liberties. I think that's, that's awesome. Like, almost how they started to talk to each other in The Last Jedi. I can almost get on board with that. Why now? Like, why would these two? Like, why wasn't that with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon? Why wasn't that ever with Anakin and Obi-Wan? Why wasn't it with Vader and Luke? You're jumping to this now with two that literally have no relation whatsoever to each other. Uh, I, I, the reason why I think is because they've hit a new level of the Force's abilities. They've, they've gotten to that next thing. Like we've all, we, we, we jump into that thing where nostalgia kind of is a detriment and a positive aspect because we, we know like how amazing it was back then, but we act like those guys back then were the greatest ever. Like it could never right. get better than that. Yeah. You know, like, no, the, the guy, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Remember, yeah. like, just even thinking about it from any other movie's aspect, like, there's always, there's always going to be someone better. There's always going to be someone stronger. Like, and it, 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 for us, the people who have been around the, the series from where it began to where it is today, it's hard for us to comprehend that Rey and Kyle may be stronger than Luke, Anakin, and Obi-Wan and Yoda. Like, you never know. Like, I, I, if that's where they're going with it, at least I understand it. Right. Okay, I can get on board with that. So as far as being on that planet, the next scene where they go discover what they were looking for, uh, what they weren't looking for. So they were looking for the Wayfinder. Yeah. Uh, in Out of Magic, there's this skeleton for a guy. Well, they were looking for to... the map to the Wayfinder. Right. Okay, so the map right. to the Wayfinder. Yeah. Um, and they wind up not finding that. Tell us a little bit about that and your thoughts. Well, I mean... They found the map to the Wayfinder. It happened to be in the form of a dagger. And, you know, what I think was... Because it was interesting because later in the film, Lando was mentioning how him and Luke tracked that particular uh, being, I forgot his name, to that planet, right? And they always... He said Luke always had the feeling that the, the map to the Wayfinder was still there. They could never find it because they crashed out of incidents into the quicksand that brought them below the surface level. Where that, like, you know, Luke couldn't find it, whatever the reason was. So the skeleton being there, it made sense. Them finding the dagger made sense to me. I know you've got issues with it. What did not make sense to me is them reprogramming 3PO to be able to tell them exactly, like, like the, you know, how to read the map. That's what I didn't like, because later on it became null and void. When, we'll get into that later, but it's almost like that was not... It, why, why was that put in there? It felt like it was the comedic effect for me, is what I thought. Almost like how they had Jar Jar Binks, just to like settle settle the score there for the minute. Um, yeah, because I, I felt like that's what this entire movie did. It almost... In a way, you... I hate to say this, because I can't stand this film, The Last Jedi... But in a way, how much better was it? 
Like, let's really compare. Like, if you really break down the aspects of the movie, almost like in The Last Jedi, where Luke tosses the lightsaber she brought him, Obi-Wan's lightsaber, into the ground, well, you figure out this whole... Of course, right? Like, he wasn't supposed to translate it, because it's in his coding not to translate Sith. Right. So they go through this whole arc, which, going back to The Last Jedi, that's why they had almost, like, Almost like the whole gambling scene. So you could have like a, a relation to it on how he found the black market to get it translated. And then the whole thing was Nolan Boyd. I feel like that, that gambling aspect has been around for... Remember like in, in The Phantom Menace when he yeah. gambled on Anakin's like life? Like, hey, the boy wins, so he's going with us. Like, I, I don't hate that. I just didn't like how it became Nolan Boyd. Like, you literally had to reprogram him with the, taking the chance that he may never get his memory back. And then... All the information he gave you, it didn't, it didn't matter. It almost goes to, which we're going to get into another scene in just a minute, but going back to Leia's aspect, like, that's a whole other problem this movie had, if you didn't know she, you know, what happened to Carrie Fisher, you know, unfortunately, they're a great actor. Um, like, the last movie, I felt like it set it up perfect for her to have that iconic, tragic moment, and then it robbed them of that. Uh, I disagree wholeheartedly. I think the way she went out was amazing in this movie. Oh, I'm talking about The Last Jedi. Well, in The Last Jedi? Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, if she went out in The Last Jedi, how, how do we get that pivotal moment in The, in the Rise of Skywalker where Kylo, like, you know what I mean? Like, not to get too you far ahead of ourselves. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? We, we, Kylo has to have that moment of clarity. What am I doing? Like yeah, you know, and and almost I feel like he starts like if we let's jump into that a little bit because like, I I'm really passionate about this scene specifically. We're gonna jump a little bit forward to where like she knows where the wayfinder is now, knows how to find it. She gets there. Kylo Ren just happens to find her again. Like he knows exactly where she is. You know, and this is the second meeting that they've had within the first hour and ten minutes of the movie, probably. Right. Like, how many times, like, you know, like, I, I don't love how many times they've met up with each other and they battled it out. Like, uh, it doesn't matter. But the fact is, it was an amazing... Uh, he was not trying... If you look at the lightsaber battle, if you look at the battle by itself, she was tiring herself out. She was not winning that in any way, shape, form, or aspect. He was not attacking at her. He was just simply defending and, like, just watching her wither away all her strength. And then, what happened? Princess Leia had that iconic, just, just get, like, uses the rest of what she had, uh, you know, in, in her spirit, to make him pause for a second. And he had that moment of clarity, and he's like, like mother, and then, boom! Then, Ray killed him, then all of a sudden, like, I, oh, I do not, like, we'll talk about this in a second, the Force heal healed him, <laughs> and then, like, I, I think that was absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> But brought him back, and at that point in time, Leia used her last breath to save Rey, to save the cause of the Resistance. I love that. I did. I do have to agree with you on that. I thought that was fantastic. I don't like how it just happened to happen after thin air. The odds of her finally almost, you know, dying at that moment is what got his attention. Like, the odds of that. Well, it, it, was, it was being built up throughout the movie that she was, you know, for lack of better words, on her last legs. Right. Like, like it was saying, like, she's, like, you know, 
she's very, very weak. Like she's used all of her stuff to help train Ray, and like she used everything, the last ounce of strength that she had, to make sure the resistance was was going to be strong and that Ray was going to survive that. And then I'm, I'm thinking, honestly, she helped flip Kylo. Yeah, she like, did really like, and I think that was a great way to honor Carrie Fisher's memory as uh, as a human outside of the Star Wars universe. Great way, to, like you know, she is the reason why Ray survived that and was able. They were able to get further through the movie. Like I think that was a great way for her to go out. That was a great way. Um, so kind of jumping back just a little bit. Say you know after they find the dagger for the map. So I can get on board with that too. What I can't get on board with is where he has the necklace, so he immediately goes down to see her. Tell us what happens when he is chasing at her with this starship going, I would say, 100 miles an hour right at her. Please explain. I mean, <laughs> please explain. You're asking me a, a, a task that I don't think I am able to, to explain. I'm right there with you. That's one of the things to me that did not make a lot of sense. Another thing that didn't make sense to me is when they found the dagger and they were leaving the planet, like how easy it was for Ky Kylo had his backup coming. They had everything to Kylo's advantage and he didn't press the issue or try to make her stay or force her into Captain Nothing. Like after that force battle they had where Chewie was on the ship and like she was trying to bring it back down, he was trying to let it go and like it kind of exploded. By the way, I think it would have been an awesome way for, for Chewie to go out. I think, I think Chewie Dying in the movie would have been uh, a better storyline than having him survive to the end. I think that it would have been the perfect yeah. way. Like <clears throat> she was trying to save him, he was trying to like make sure he was still a captive for the first order. And then like like between the two of those, the, their wills trying to start the can, it didn't matter because he couldn't help out the first order and give him any information and. Like, she couldn't save him, he died. I think that would have been the perfect boom. And that could have gave the resistance, the extra, the energy, that burst they needed, like, the, what, a cause to fight for. So, I, I would have loved to see Chewie actually go out in that scene. But the fact of the matter is, is after that big forest battle, they had a little saber battle, and he just lets her leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. It didn't make sense to me. Like, that is one thing that I will say I, I, I really disliked about this movie. Like, if you've been tracking this person and your new master, you go to his world and he tells you, kill the girl. And <laughs> you let her go, like, without much of a fight at all. He didn't try anything. Like, and at that point in time, we're going back again. We're going back to the part, uh, like, in the first world where she found the dagger to the map to the wayfinder. Like, that, I don't, I, that doesn't seem realistic to me. I didn't love how that was, that was put out. I can almost see as if the director is trying to give the idea of Kylo's intention was never really to go after Rey and kill her. It was really to get her on board, which I can even get on board with that if that is the case, <clears throat> which I would say, which that's kind of the way I'm seeing it now. Like, let's, uh, just for my opinion, so I think better of it. Yes, let's say, you know, that was the whole idea, was Kylo was never trying to go after Rey because he could just physically empower her and dominate her. He was trained directly by Luke, and he was the son of Leia and Han. Which, that's another thing they never talk about, is the Metachlorians. Yeah, the, the Metachlorians, like the bloodline, it, it, like it didn't matter at all. Yeah, no one cared. But, point being, I felt like every time I was excited in this movie, and I was like, here we go, awesome. This is that moment. Like, this is that nostalgic moment where I want to feel that old sense here. 
this is the iconic piece. This is what is going to cap this franchise. It was copped out, which even leads into the other sense. You see the lightning, and immediately in your mind, who do you think she is? Yeah. Once you find out. You find out. Like, it wasn't a big plot twist. It was like, oh, we know whose who's daughter she is now. Like, which made no sense. And let, let's talk about that for a second. You know, please explain how. I, I, I mean, and it's how? like it's like her parents didn't matter at all. Her actual parents, like, there was like, oh, we don't want her to to be like him, so we're just gonna abandon her. Like I, that, that was really silly. But what do we think about them bringing back Palpatine as the main Sith Lord, the main driver behind everything? Who's her mom? Who's her mom? Please explain. I mean, we saw that. We saw, <laughs> we saw that mom. We saw that a quick flashback of them leaving her. At the, the planet they left her on. Yeah, we don't know anything about her. No idea. No Nothing. clue. No who her. No clue who her grandmother which, is. Which also, you know, we talk about some things that didn't make sense in Force Awakens. This girl who was just a, like a, a straggler, on, like you know, on another planet. All of a sudden, she she knows how to talk Wookie. Right. Yeah. Wookie immediately. I don't. Know. So you knew, like we like like I don't think where was Helpatine ever. Uh, in contact with Wookiees. I remember in the <laughs> Menace when they had the full council meeting to see if, like, like that, that um, where Queen Amidala decided that they wanted to put it to a vote where the next ch- Supreme Chancellor would be. There was Wookiees there who went like, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it, we never really got the, the feeling that Palpatine like was ever really in touch with that race at all. So how could Rey just out of nowhere speak Wookiee when she doesn't have any sort of training? She's not related to anybody in <laughs> any of the main characters from the, the previous uh, movies. I just, I didn't make sense to me. It was just all over the place. <clears throat> I felt like the whole Palpatine idea was a complete cop-out on their end. I think they were setting it up for her to be something new. Like, maybe she wasn't supposed to be related to anybody, and she just, you know, maybe they do find out later, or the fact of maybe she just gets her own, uh, you know, force that she generates. But, like, that doesn't even make sense. You're just going to throw Palpatine in there. No one has any idea who her grandmother is. And by the way, this is it. Daisy Ridley said she is not doing another one. So there is no more, oh, this is a cliffhanger for another part. They are making Knights of the Old Republic right now. They are not extending this franchise. So why is it we were left, if this was the real intent from the beginning, why were we left with so many plot holes on how this is the way it is? Here's what I think. I I think that... You know, we say it's a cop-out for Palpatine to still be alive and be the main driver behind all the Sith. I think it was because of that director change. The fact that Snoke was really set to take that mantle, be the next real super villain that was the puppet master. And we got robbed of that because <laughs> they decided, you know what, we're just going to have Kylo end that real quick while they have a disagreement uh, about, you know, philosophy or whatever, like what he needs to do for his destiny. I really, really think that Abrams almost had to like patch that real quick. Well, you know what? Who's been around since you know the, the Age of the Republic, the Age of the Resistance? You know, the, the beginning, like, where, like he first became Supreme Chancellor. Like he's always been the main villain. So in his mind, you can't introduce a brand new villain, a super villain, in one film. I get that. Right. I feel like he had to do some patchwork <clears throat> for some mistakes made in the previous film there. Right. Which, this cuts to the whole kind of 
mid-scene thing where you kind of see all his, like, henchmen, you know, you know, shooting the injection, injections into him to keep him alive. And then you see in the tube, he's, like, making Snokes. Like, what? You were racking on Cla Attack of the Clones. That's, like, exactly what that was. Like, please explain what was, was going on there. There was a lot of stuff. Like I said, the guy, by no means do I love... The, the Rise of Skywalker, there's a lot of the plot holes and that. I didn't love the way they, they handled that. But at the end of the day, I, I'm more comfortable with them bringing back like an old villain. Because it's almost like, hey, this guy's been the bad guy from beginning to end. Right? And I like that better than them introducing somebody new. I think that would have been cooler and more realistic if Snoke's or, like, like if Snoke was, was the new one, though. If he was like the bad guy that they shouldn't have killed off in the second one. Which I, I, I can completely yeah. get on board with that. Which, yeah, I mean, Abrams, I think he only had so yeah, much to work with. Yeah, the patchwork, yeah. But let's go back to the biggest kind of... I feel like it was a, the climactic scene we deserved, however it was given too early in the film. Are you talking about where she found the second wayfinder and Kylo shows up and they had that, that battle? Right, and that battle, of course, in, I want to say, the sea, <laughs> but it was visually stunning, which was amazing. It was very great. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. It was pretty cool. But then you have that you moment. You know what I like, too? Before what? we get into the actual battle, the fact that she saw herself on the dark side. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was cool. I, I did like that from a sense of, well, one, I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> so from a sense of that, I thought that was cool. I did like the whole idea if you're trying to play into the Palpatine idea, that at some point she has to be tempted to the dark side. She can't just always be this, right. oh, I'm this perfect and girl. And was. Like, that was the internal struggle throughout the movie, is like her like not wanting to do things because she was afraid that she would have, you know... Right. We, and let, let, I mean, let's, let's, let's get back into that real climatic action. You know, we both agree that Kylo Ren, for sure, was winning that fight. Like, he wasn't, it's not that he was winning, he, he was almost, like, barely trying. He was just, he was just deflecting her attacks, like, maybe, like, he was obviously the superior fighter. Like, honestly, I think Kylo's goal from the very beginning of the franchise, if you kind of look back and dive into details, because, you know, that's the phrase, the devil is in the details, I think his goal was never to kill Rey because he saw her as a threat. I think his goal from day one was to gain her as an ally. And this is why this didn't work for Palpatine in terms of his them bringing him back. Oh, what a clusterfuck that was of, Pal <laughs> of Palpatine being like, okay, Kylo, you must kill Rey. And then, like, when he didn't, like, okay, the new general, you are my new guy to be the, the you know, the, the one who starts everything off. And then when Rey gets there, oh, Rey, it was always meant for you to take my place. Like, who, like, like, like are you just, like, throwing shit at the wall? And like, <laughs> That's exactly I what don't under, like, it didn't make any sense. Like, was... every single bad guy that didn't listen to him just got thrown to the side and, like, well, I'm going to keep trying. Someone's going to be the bad guy I want. Like, you know what I mean? Three. It makes no sense, man. Was, I said it last week. I said it last week. I'll continue to say it. And I'm the biggest Spider-Man fan in the world, but this was Spider-Man 3 all over again. 
They had set up the entire villain, and someone at the very last minute said, well, what about Palpatine? And they said, oh, man, I guess we really haven't seen him in a while. Guaranteed box office. We're making it happen. Well, what are they supposed to do? You can't put a brand new villain in for the very last film. You can't, and that's why you need to have the same director for all three films. Yes, that was a mistake. Get your contracts right. Agreed. Get your contracts right. That was a mistake for them to have different directors, and... That's why Snoke should have been contracts an evil guy for this age. Yeah, you know that's why it didn't work. Like I understand why they brought Palpatine back, but it didn't work. Right, agreed. Um, so let's go ahead and say, you know, we of course, you know, I think in my opinion, I thought it was a really cool fight. Yeah, I thought it was. <clears throat> I thought you really got to see that side of Kylo from Adam Driver. That real emotion of. You know, you kind of really noticed he really did care for Ray. He, did, he didn't attack at all. He was just defending. And you know, it goes to it almost like was you were starting to see that side of Ray, almost how Anakin was in the third one, and how she didn't care to see anything but her own side at that point. And even when you know, just like Obi Wan in Battle of Heroes, right? Obi-Wan was giving it his all right, but even when he got to the high ground, high ground, he said, don't try it. And she still kept coming at him. It got to the point where he had her on the ground. If it wasn't for Leia, this fight would have been over. And I think that's what the, I think that is part of the magic of this movie is the fact that like, that Leia, Leia, she, you know, obviously Carrie Fisher passed away in real life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, what a better way to have her go out in the films than really saving the entire like what the resistance was fighting for, like who Ray was, and Kylo, like like hey, this is your son. You come through, you you mess with his head, and then he gets the saber to the chest. Yeah, which I gotta say, just on a, a side note here, I mean, that is something a little odd with this film. If you've never seen a Star Wars before and didn't know about it, you'd be like, something's a little funny here, because uh, like some of the scenes they do to kind of push her in. But you gotta really give them respect for the challenge they tried. They already knew she was gone, and they didn't go with the whole idea of, well, we'll just leave it where it ended there. We'll go with our original intent, if that's what it was, to make her really the hero in the story. Which then leads into, you know, our next scene <laughs> that we might have a little bit of an issue with. Which one's that? Which was the whole force heal, heal? Oh yeah, no, we both we both are on the same page of the force heal. No, there there are some liberties you can take with the force and like how you you can level up and unlock new secrets, but I think the force heal should be a species specific ability. Like like the Yoda species has that ability to heal. It's not part of the force because like I mean. How did nobody in the entirety of the Star Wars, you know, when Qui-Gon took that saber to the chest, like, no one force-sealed him, no one force-sealed, like, anybody else that had passed away due to a saber fight. Like, this just came out of the woodworks and made no sense. The force-seal was very, very silly. I didn't love it. There's got to be a limit to the differences, like, that, I, I don't like it. It's literally like that movie, uh, like that move you have in a video game. <clears throat> Say you're playing 007 Goldeneye back when you were 10, you know, on the N64. 
I'm sure there's older people out there like thinking, wow, he is young. <laughs> but like where you're like one shot kill, like, oh, that guy has that move. Or say you go get the sword in Halo, where it's like one shot kill. Or even going to Dragon Ball Z, like they felt like they couldn't beat Majin Buu because all he did was keep regenerating himself. It's not an iconic scene at that moment. No. Because it had an, in, if he awesome. died there, awesome. awesome. Would have loved it. Absolutely phenomenal. Would have been great. I'm a Kylo fan. Especially because he died later in the fucking movie. Exactly. He's my favorite character out of the entire franchise. Do I think he should have died there? Absolutely. Because that was the entire intent of the movie. And then you're just. He had that change of heart. It was a perfect way for him to go out still, like, like he had the change of heart there when he heard his mother's voice, and she took her last breath. It would have been an amazing point for him to go out, we're in agreement 1,000%. And it's, just like I said, I think that was their intent, and then someone said, what about Sandman? <laughs> what about Force Heal? Let's go throw some new, <laughs> new crap in there. Makes absolutely no, no sense on why. Now, it does jump into the next scene of... So a lot of people didn't know that, of course, Carrie Fisher actually originally was going to do this next scene for uh, Kylo, uh, how, you know, I guess you want to say Adam Driver or the new Ben Kenobi, right? Or, um, or Ben Solo, ben Solo sorry, okay. Ben Solo, uh, where, you know, he's really getting rid of that dark side of him. And Harrison Ford agreed to do it only on the consent of because Carrie Fisher was no longer available. Which I think I did really have that emotional moment. That's good. And I feel like that's what kind of held it to some sort of spark. And I love, I mean, think about this. If you guys aren't familiar with this, Harrison Ford only agreed to come back for, like, The Force Awakens if they killed off his character. He said, right. I'll do this, but, but Han Solo dies here. Right. That's it. I guess it's it. Right. And the fact that like he had a change of heart because he knew, you know, like the heart and soul of, you know, some of the franchise Leia, like she she wasn't there to yeah. to do it. Like and he changed his mind and said, I'll, I'll do it, I'll come back for this. Yeah. I that's one of the things I put in my absolute great my great, great, great moment of this movie was Han coming back. Yeah. I'm just really kind of taking over the top, hey, let's let's let go of the dark side. Right. Yeah. So it's like almost like you climb up this mountain, right? And you keep getting to these great spots where you're like, wow, this really has something to capitalize on. This is going to leave me with this great feel of Star Wars. And this is, you know, I haven't been so pleased with the last one, but it's kind of made up for it. I can leave with that sense of peace, right? Then you start going up a mountain again. Here we go on this new arc with no amazing moment. No amazing like, moment. Like great moments, but nothing like... Let's think about it. What was a great moment in the the original, like you know, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, when he cuts off Luke's hand and tells him he's his father? Boom! Amazing moment. Amazing. Sorry if I ruined that for anybody. Also, what was the greatest moment in the prequels when he had the high ground? Don't try it. He became Darth Vader because Obi Wan sliced off his arm and two legs, and he became Darth Vader. Caught on when, fire. Yeah. When Palpatine saved his, his literally life. that quote, "I hate you." Do you know how much emotion that quote had? That gave you chills in the each, theater. Each of the ages had that one defining moment. Right. This one did. And it's because they copped it out. They just kept trying to keep dragging it along, which this goes into 
Then what does she do? She grabs another ship, which let's go into this for a minute, where she grabs that ship. How in the world, if anyone has watched New Hope, which this is why I say if you've never seen a Star Wars, you'd be completely okay with it. You'd be like, oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. Like, I, I literally woke up <laughs> woke up my girlfriend at the time. I was like, hey, this is really cool. Look what they're fighting, man. You know, like, what, what, what? And it was literally like, they were in the middle of the Death Star. <laughs> how? How does that happen? How does the Death Star wind up in the middle of the sea? Yeah. How does that wind up in the middle of the sea if you've seen the A New Hope? Hope? Or even you saw A New Hope, it was in smithereens. There is, there is pieces. There is no... Like, how does that happen? Impossible. How does that happen? It's even worse. It, I can't even get on board with pieces of it. Like, it blew up, and pieces of it are on the planet. Somehow, like, the entire... Chair is still there. It's in the middle of the ocean. You saw New Hope. You saw what it exploded into. Yeah, there was no way that that had that much left of the Death Star in any way, shape, form, or aspect. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And then, dude, let's let's get into like when she decided that she was gonna give up. What happened? She gets back to that planet where she met Luke on, right? Right. She grabs her saber and just launches it. Then what happens? The spirit of Luke Skywalker from the Force grabs it from the Force spirit plane and is able to physically interact with the new physical plane, grab the saber, and stop the that No, that's where I draw <laughs> but the line. Yeah, we're okay with yeah. necklaces. Yeah, Being grabbed up people's necklaces. Because they're still from alive. thousands of miles away. This, this is why. No relation. They were still alive. She doesn't even have the they, same last name. They were, <laughs> they were still alive in the physical plane, and I can accept that. I cannot <laughs> accept that. Luke has clearly passed on. From The Last Jedi, and then he makes physical contact, being a spirit in the Force, with a physical plane. That's the problem. I can get on board with Rey and Kylo having that, that, that connection, because they're still both alive. This guy is passed on. Never have you ever seen, in any of the Star Wars, someone from the Force spirit side grab something. We've seen Yoda in the spirit form in uh, uh, the uh, Return of the Jedi. Like, he, he can move things with like the Force like, being part of the spirit. Right, yeah. He can move things. Great. We've never seen anyone catch anything, grab anything from the spirit. He grabbed a lightsaber. That can't be a new method that you learn. You're gone. You're dead. You died last night. <laughs> Why? No, I hated that with my entire heart and soul. You should never have been allowed to grab something from the physical plane if you've already passed on your part of the spirit world to force. And then just when you think, guys, pay attention closely, because just when you think, it can't get any worse. Oh, it gets worse. Just like, you know, the classic, not to be, you know, throw out all these old cliche lines. It does. It just gets worse. He brings her two lightsabers, which please comment on this video just so I can have at least some feedback and criticism on how. He brings her two lightsabers. Unless I am literally... Colorblind. The blind man. <laughs> I don't understand. Unless I need a vision test, it appeared to me the handle was completely different on both lightsabers, right? Yeah. Am I right on no, that? No, you're 100% right. It looked to me like there was a green lightsaber and there was a blue one, 
And he said, quote, in quote, and I still remember this, not even looking it up, take both the lightsabers to the planet to take on Palpatine. Which brings us to our next problem, yeah. which is probably the biggest problem of the whole movie, because then it goes all the way back to the previous movie that then makes no sense. Please explain. Josh, Josh can uh, I, go ahead and take us take us on this journey. The thing is, like, I, I don't even want to. Like, it, I, it, it, seriously, it, it baffles me that this was put into the movie at all. Like, uh, it literally, I have tried, guys, I am dead serious here. I have tried all week. I saw this movie twice from the perspective of I just figured I was seeing things that didn't pay close enough attention when it, it looked like I actually... Actually, I to lower the second time because I confirmed everything I thought. It, I've never seen anything like it. Please explain why there are two blue lightsabers facing Palpatine. It makes no sense. It made no sense at all. She had two blue lightsabers, which we'll, we'll get into like the final scenes, you know, shortly. Right, but. I, I mean, <laughs> what, like, can we talk about one of the coolest things, though? Yeah. One of my favorite, like, you know, before we get into that, one of my favorite moments was when Kylo was, was trying to come to her side, was fighting, what, five or six different warriors just with the Force by himself. And Palpatine is making that announcement to the entire, like, the demon world of like, the Siths are there. And you, you will take the saber, you will cut me down, and you will become the Empress, right? Yeah. So she, like, she's thinking, like, you know, as the audience, you're looking at it, like, ah, oh, she's got no choice. She has to do something, right? So she puts the lightsaber, like, like she, like, she, like, looks forward, and then you can see a cutscene to where Kylo is still fighting. They both, like, kind of, like, nod. She puts a lightsaber behind her head, I guess, she's going to swing it forward. She puts it behind her head. She grabs her hand forward and there's nothing there. It cuts to Kylo. He has his hand behind his head, pulls out the lightsaber that she transported to him, and he just fucks those guys up. <laughs> and that gave me chills, and it gave me chills talking about it. It was the most badass scene of the entire badass. movie. It was, it was completely badass. And uh, Ben Kenobi Challenge, hashtag Ben Kenobi Challenge. I wanted to do it with a vacuum cleaner today. But I, I wasn't able to master it all. Do we back. call it the Ben Solo challenge? Ben Solo? See, I, I don't understand why. Ben, 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 so ben, ben, ben Kenobi is Ben Kenobi will always be there. <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> don't worry, Ewan McGregor is coming back. And no one gives enough respect to the original, of course. But anyways, that, that's something I can even get on board with. Because I was like, that was so cool. I'm even willing to accept the whole necklace idea in items just for that moment. Now, what would have made more sense if you, if, uh, which still doesn't make sense because I don't know how it got there. But why wouldn't you just give him a lightsaber to begin with? Even though I guess he, he just wounds up he there. He threw his right? into the ocean. He threw his red saber into the ocean when he decided to abandon the dark side when Han came back to him and told him. So he didn't have one. Which makes sense, but I mean, I guess. If she had picked up on it because they had some major connection, you would have thought she would have just, like, handed him one at some point. But I guess they weren't in the same area. Which, one thing that is really cool about this moment when Ben Solo, you know, his dark side, Kylo's side is gone, right? 
you do really get to see how he was meant to be Han. You get to see, you know, the ray gun scenes, how he is really that kind of wild western shooter. Which m makes you wonder, if you had put Adam Driver in the Solo films, you got a chance there, right? Yeah. You got a chance. You got a little bit better chance than what it was. But, let's go back to the major point, right? I was sitting there inspecting both handles over and over because I thought my eyes were wrong. Your eyes were... They did not lie to you. Those were two blue lightsabers. Now, if we go back to The Last Jedi, what happened? It's Anakin's Anakin right? saber split half. What color is Anakin's saber? Blue. Blue. Right? Why in the world, how does she have two blue sabers? Which, that's the big fan theory. I have to address this because you're going to have those people on here, which please feel free to comment on it and feel free to elaborate because I want to know how. They're saying that <laughs> it was Anakin's saber going all the way back to the Force Awakens that Leia then gave to Leia then gave to Rey, right? But that still makes no sense because then you completely cut out The Last Jedi. Otherwise, it makes no sense at all. So... That saber is destroyed. That saber should have been a blue lightsaber <laughs> and a green lightsaber. Unless now, see? They got so many powers, they developed welding powers! They can weld it together magically! Yeah. That's the powers we have now as Jedis. We well, are they made immaculate they made welders. They point that they gave it in the last... Like, like they gave... Luke's saber to to Rey, right? And then Luke led her to where Leia's saber was in the in the clip. Which goes into Game of Thrones. You rag on the Starbucks scene, but the Starbucks scene was better than this. I'm sorry. At least they did that on accident. Yeah, 100. percent This was uh, a real big plot hole. We should have had one blue saber and one green saber, and then it would even made sense to the very very end with that. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, but like. Can we talk about how <laughs> how pathetic Palpatine was? Right? Completely robbed. I felt like I was robbed. I even see, you know, and of course you want that cool, like, cartoon effect almost where it's like sci-fi, so you're like, yeah, he's got to have these amazing powers. The minute, like, I get it, he's developing all these ships, but they came from the dirt. Just raised them from the dirt. Like, is this the movie Ant? Were they making all these mounds underneath the ships? Like, I don't understand. Then when she finally, like, comes through and is walking towards him, he throws that lightning at her. Like we didn't see in Revenge of the Sith, when he threw the lightning at Mace Windu, and he had the purple <laughs> saber, and he just blocking his like, like back at him, and that. turning him, like, in that weird thing, he was gonna kill him if it wasn't for Anakin, right? Oh, yeah. So... Whoa, you didn't learn from years ago what happens when you throw lightning at a lightsaber? Why do we have the same moment over again to end the entire Sith reign? That made this much sense, guys. You can't see that this is zero. It's almost like they're trying to make that classic X-Men line now that, you know, Fox has developed where, you know, Holly Berry says what happens to a toad in a lightning storm. Same thing that happens to everything else. It just, like, didn't work. Like, it was, we've seen that. Like, an old, like, almost Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Like, you saw the first three and then Jack Sparrow, like, walks around with this new wagon thing jumping around, doing his little stunts again. Like, we've seen that. We've, We've seen, seen this. This is the big climactic battle, and it should have been swapped with what Kylo, when he was fighting Rey, 
Uh, but then almost like you would get like some fight back out of it. I would have loved to see, like, the, to your point, I would have loved to see Kylo strike down Palpatine and become the next emperor. Right. And have that yeah. have that battle with Rey, then mm-hmm. have Leia do that shit, and like have him like come to like a quick like realization that him, her stabbing him and him passing away, but like right yeah. as he turns to like the light side again. Oh. That would have been awesome. Yeah, exactly. We got Rob. And let's even break it down to the point of okay, so his lightning is like so super powerful. So he's like an amazing Emperor, why doesn't he ever have a Jedi if we're, uh, lightsaber if we're trying to see something new? He doesn't have a lightsaber, so his lightning is so powerful. He takes down all these starships, but yet he is getting beat by two blue lightsabers that are old. Which also kind of brings me to this point, too. Uh, like, I, I, well, first, you know what we skipped? Like, at least for me, like, I, this is a point I wrote down here that I want to bring up. Yeah. How did they find, like, magically find another Wayfinder? Like, literally, Kylo had that one Wayfinder that found the Sith Lord planet. Then he destroyed the one that Rey found on the Death Star. Right? How in the world did she find one on the planet with Luke? Like, it just came out of her ass? Where in the world did that third one came from? There was two of them, and all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, oh, look what I found. That was a big cop-out. That was... It just happened. And it invalidated everything that C3PO had to go through between getting his entire memory reprogrammed so he could just give out where the location was. Oh, even going all the way back to the beginning, where if you're thinking of Kylo has become this great conqueror over the past three years, right? Well, what was the point if you could just go get two of them? (laughs) Like, what's the point? That's like the end of Fast and Furious 7, I think, where Tyrese Gibson had this amazing car, and it turns out Ludacris had the same one. Like, it's like, who cares? Like, who cares at that point? It was very, like, they should have they found a different way for her to find that world, not a third way of finder that came out of nowhere. And, like, who is keeping the Emperor alive now that he's had, like, all these old Sith Lords in him? What were those even things? Like, they were just walking around, injecting him with some zombie plasm. This isn't The Walking Dead. It doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, but let's talk about... That's you know, the last battle, so because there are some things I still want to jump into that too. Yeah, because I, I think I told you it really was reminiscent to me of uh, Lord of the Rings, the Battle of Helm's Deep, and this is why. Like the the fighters in there, they have this awesome plan. What they're going to do, we're on board with it as an audience. We're like, okay, somehow they're going to overcome the big odds, and they're going to do this. Well, you know what? Now they're on the losing side. Like, shoot, it's not going to work. Like, what's going to happen? Lando comes in with the cavalry. Like, my goodness, for, I, I, I almost swore he was going to say, you know, well, on the fifth day when the sun rises, look to the east, and have Gandalf come with the freaking Rohirrim to come save the day in Helm's Deep. Like, you know, all of a sudden, Lando, in that short amount of time, grabbed that many people who were uh, sympathetic to the resistance that were going to just, they're all, and they said they weren't any nation, they were all just singular people. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You're going to grab all that in that short amount of time. That was very, very silly that they just all of a sudden had an entire cavalry of thousands and tens of thousands of, uh, you know, fighter right, yeah. things on their side. That Which, and then they all got taken down by lightning. By, by a belt who's going like this. <laughs> like, wow. please explain, and then that gets taken down by two old blue lightsabers that somehow exist from the 80s. When so, two, two blue ones where apparently... <laughs> he was, she was supposed yeah. to take the green one... 
<laughs> which, even online, they're like, green ones are only used for killing halflings, which is why she didn't take it. Well, didn't Anakin use a red one and a blue one at the time? <laughs> like, I don't I know. Luke had his, his green saber, too. It's yeah, just, makes no sense. Didn't make any sense. So, do we, do we cut to, like, the final scene now? I think we need to focus on the whole, like, cross. Let's just shove the force back, right? Like, shoving the force back. And then remember, it does have that moment, right? That I did respect out of the film. Where, I think this is the only time Hayden Christensen has ever made any key moment uh, recently. It's when you do hear that voice, actually, from... You hear it from Hayden Christensen. You hear it from Yoda. You do hear it Liam from... Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yeah, like... Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan, you hear it from everybody. Let's even think of, like... Do you think they planned that? Or yeah. do you think... Do you think they planned yeah. it? Okay. I think it's... Because, think about it, the dark side, I think they were hearing all the evil ones, too. Yeah. Like, I think okay. that was really, really interesting. I think that was interesting. Yeah. So, I think that was, like, a really big moment. Yeah. Um... However, just the force push thing with the two lightsabers, the cross sabers. Like, which, let's bring up another point, right? Because we're talking about how that happened in Mace Windu. Wouldn't it have been awesome if Finn, because that's another thing they never addressed. You You built up this entire arc around Finn, how he possibly could have been like the next big Jedi, going all the way back to The Force Awakens where he took up the saber to try to save Rey against Kylo. Wouldn't it have been amazing if, say, he was, like, the grandson of Miss Windu or something? They just... And then he had that question. Like, you said, the entire movie. That just that was, never that got answered. Remember in the very beginning, we didn't even mention this, I want to save it for the end. You know, he... When they were at that... He's like, Ray, I've got to tell you something. And then, like... Not that they never was able to tell because of the events that happened, and they got back to the Resistance planet, and uh, like he was there with Poe, like hugging because they could make it back safe. And then Ray came up, and she's like, "What did you have to tell me?" He's like, "I'll tell you later." And Poe's like, "When I'm not around." And he's like, "Yeah, when you're not around." Never got the question or the answer to the question that he was going to ask. Right. Big pothole there. Yeah, like that. You can you can be subjective with everything that we said so far. Like you can argue with it. I still think you're going to be wrong if you do. But <laughs> you could you could like come up with an answer for all that. There's no answer to this. They legitimately made it almost like in the Aragon books. Have you ever read the Aragon books? Oh, Die Hard. So Aragon books. Rom said seven words to Aragon that never got really. Like, you never found out what those seven words are before Rom died in the Aragon books. We got this question that Finn needed to ask her, and just like Daisy really said, she was never going to do another Star Wars. We're never going to find out what he was going to ask her. Yeah, not at all. It makes uh, that was a, a huge plot hole. I, I, I hated that. What time do you guys throw this in there? The minute I read in the books for the first time in Aragon, not to go off topic, when he shot that arrow and said Brzezinger, it was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Murtaugh when he came back in Eldis. That's a whole other episode. But um, let's keep going with that. Yeah, uh, so, you know, another thing I thought would have been, you know, pretty cool, uh, you know, even if he wasn't related to Mace Windu and any sort of thing, because you don't have to be a Jedi to be a lightsaber. Right, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Cause exactly. What ended up happening in The Empire Strikes Back, or was it, you know what? I believe yeah, it was in The Empire Strikes Back when he got caught by the Yeti. Mm-hmm. And he cut his arm off, and like he almost like Luke almost died in the wilderness, the winter right, wilderness. Yeah. And Han finds him, takes Luke's saber, and cuts open his dead steed's 
uh, um, intestines so they can yeah. get warm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this thing. So like, Han was able to use a lightsaber, even though Han was never right. a Jedi. Yeah. Right? So I get, like, he doesn't have to be a Jedi, he, but he could have been at least related to somebody of significance. Maybe Lando. Anyone. I've been awesome right. to have Lando come back and, like, have them have some sort of relationships. Especially since how Finn's entire time was really focused on, you know, the flighter aspect of, you know, we're gonna, we're, we're in the Falcon, we're gonna go ahead and, and shoot down there, like, you know, things while Ray's doing her on the side with, like, the Jedi sort of right. stuff. That would have been cool. I would have been on board with that. Which, let's he, bring up this quick topic yeah. then real quick. So, going back, like, how you were saying, like, you think it was the plan all along uh, to, of course, you know, to make Ray the chosen one, right? So I'm on board with that. I think, like, yeah, let's, I think that's great, making her the chosen one. Why is it she has to be related to somebody? Almost like they just threw in there Palpatine last minute. Like, I feel like almost the plan was to make her not related to somebody, to show anyone can become a Jedi, and you don't have to have this whole relation. Like, almost like you wonder if the whole point in, the, like, The Last Jedi was real. Like, your your family was trailer, you know, your family was drinking, sold you for drinking money, they were trash. Like, you wonder if that was really actually the case, and then Abrams was like, oh no, the audience didn't really like that. So I have to come up with this whole backstory. She's a Palpatine, which you don't even know where her grandmother was, and they're never even going to answer that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it was always the intention to, her, to have her related to somebody of significance and importance, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't love where they went. And then at the very end, she declared herself a Skywalker, which is <laughs> yeah, okay. which that's we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. So. And then we get into, so, you know, Palpatine is taking down all these ships with his lightning. Yeah. She's shoving the Force back. And because she's gotten the Force from all the past Jedis, and they're going through all the famous quotes, which that's an amazing scene. You know, he basically, I felt like I was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark again. Like, they literally talked to Harrison Ford, and they were like, oh, how can we make this cool? And he's like... Man, I remember when I was 28 and 29, and we took out that guy with the Holy Grail. Like, let's go ahead and do that again! And, like, he's literally slowly dissipating, like, the most powerful Palpatine of all time has no comeback for that. And then he's just literally, like, gone after taking, you can go into this, Ray's, like, life force, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so she pretty much, like, it took all of her energy and life force to put two lightsabers like this and walk forward. Like, like, yeah, didn't use like, like yeah, just walk forward, right? It didn't even and use so, And he already had taken like, their abilities. That's why he got that resemblance of youth again, right? So like the, he got that yellow eyes back and he got that like the color, and you kind of saw him how he was as Darth Sidious, right? But yeah, then, then you know he threw Kylo onto that pit, and all of a sudden Kylo like climbs out of the pit. Like I don't. That, 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 yeah. was, that was really silly. Which just slipping this in there real quick. Uh, you rag on Attack of the Clones, but at least Anakin tried to use both of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it, it was, you know, but like I, I get it because it's, it's not like it's not like Palpatine was ever a wildly like amazing Jedi who had these abilities with a saber and could like fight. Like she was just using the power of the sabers like to counteract the, the lightning force that he had. So. Yeah, if he was, like, just an all-around, like, badass 
like lightsaber fight, and he decided to. Like, I'm gonna go away from that and use right. this. Like I, would, like I would agree with you there, but he's kind of been very consistent the entire time. He just uses his powers of the force to yeah. do what he needs to do, right? Yeah. So this takes me to the point. So now that we get past that, Palpatine is gone now. Like yeah. we get this very, very like, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet like <laughs> moment, like. Oh, Ray's dead. I'm going to use my force seal and get my life force to raise where she lives. Now, she's awake before Kylo dies. They magically kiss at that moment. Then Kylo's gone. And then Leia's gone. Like, like first of all, why didn't Leia just disappear at the force when she, like, died, like, oh, yeah. like, like half an hour back, right? Not so then you have Finn on the side that's over here crying, dropping his ice cream. She's like, screw you, Finn. I just got finished last, man. <laughs> and, and I don't understand, like, like... He, they kiss, like they have this love connection, but it's super Romeo and Juliet where it's a tragedy because he like dies in that moment and like I I hated it. I thought it was man. if you're gonna have that moment, don't let Kylo no, I keep saying Kylo, Ben Solo at this point. Don't let Ben Solo die. Like I mean it's just like I feel like he had to die. But he should have died earlier. He should have died in that fight with Boo. Like, it was the most ridiculous way to die. Like, he gave his life force to her because now they have this magical healing romance. power in romance. <laughs> like, it was just, like, way too far-fetched. I felt like a guy that was in the middle of a wave pool in California that just couldn't get up out of the deep end and stand on the board. I kept drowning. I kept trying to drag myself to the top. No matter what they did, the minute I kept grasping for air, they kept shoving the weights on me. And I just couldn't get on board with it, man. I couldn't get no, on board. I, I didn't love that part. I, I feel like they forced the romantic connection between them. Yeah. Like, it, it just thrown to go at that last moment. And like they just killed. I, and I, I think he should have died when Ray stabbed him the first time. When Leia kind of gave her last right. bit of her life yeah. to like kind of like pause him and like kind of yeah. So that we're on the same page there. And so that kind of brings us to our wrap up and our conclusion, where she goes back to her original planet of where we found her in Force Awakens. She goes into the middle of this desert. She's got. Apparently, Luke and Leia's sabers. Yeah, like, they're both blue. Like, I don't know what sabers they are because they're both blue. And they're wielded together by this magical uh, Jedi power where they can wield lightsabers together. We don't even know if that's what happened. That's the thing. Is like, we're just assuming that they welded it. They literally welded because, it. Because like, well, we, we never saw that happen, but it would, couldn't have been Luke's saber because it wasn't green. Someone please comment on this video and tell me about the green and where the green one is. Right, is especially because this is the thing that really doesn't make sense either at the very end. She ties them in a nice little neat bow, sinks them under the sand, and then, like, she pulls another saber out of her asshole! Where the Literally. fuck did that saber come from? I've got no idea. She looks at it, then she turns it on, and it's yellow. You know what two colors make yellow? Green and blue! And they know what two colors those sabers were? Blue and blue. No sense, Oh, man. my goodness. No sense... Uh, at first, actually, like I had to keep rewatching this today, literally going back into detail because I thought she just threw it into the sand and magically, with the Jedi wielder welder power, they welded together one and made.
made yellow. But no, she just had it the whole time. We don't if know. If she what... had this powerful saber the entire time, why didn't she use that on Kylo and Palpatine? I don't think she had the whole time. I think it came to her, but it didn't come out of the ground. She just all of a sudden, after she buried those two sabers, she looked in her hand and it's like, well, look what I got. Yeah. Like, what, that didn't make any sense what, at all. That makes you wonder, right? Like, if this was Abram's intention, like, to get this new yellow lightsaber. Well, Luke had the green one in Return of the Jedi. Why not, since it's been so long, have her have this yellow one now? Which then you're getting into all these new fan theories. Is she, like, really the granddaughter of Ahsoka Tano, who was supposed to die in the third one when the ship blew up? Or is she now, I don't know, she took on the name Skywalker. And yeah, exactly. The very end, she's like, yeah, what's your name? Ray Skywalker. You can't just choose what your name is, <laughs> who your parents are. It doesn't work that yeah, way. It doesn't work that, that way. That would have made complete sense. That would have really kind of made this movie... This still wouldn't have been great, but at least would have made more sense is if one of those sabers was green, one of those sabers was blue, and she was pushing it back into them. Berries, the green, and blue, because incidentally, green and blue make yellow. Yeah. It It's like they couldn't get their color grids right, and then you had that other girl that was there, like... No one's been here in a long time. When in any Star Wars did they ever go to Tatooine or wherever they were at to put some lightsabers in the ground? Well, I think it was, <laughs> it, it was the planet that she was originally born on. Okay. That was the one that they found we, we originally saw Rey in Force Awakens. She went back to her original place. Okay, gotcha. So, so I can I get on board that, 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 right? that. I'm okay with that. But who is that lady too? Like, was what was the I think it was. She had no significance other than the fact that she was going to finally declare herself Ray Skywalker. So why make lines with that lady? Why didn't you just leave her out? Because what's she going to do? Just look in the sky and say, "I'm Ray Skywalker." But then you had Luke and she had to show up she as some ghosts. Well, right? I mean, the like that, that, I mean, that's been oh, okay, yeah, yeah they've, right. been, they've been part of that. Like, I'm just saying, like, why couldn't they have asked her? I just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just feel like someone had to ask her. It doesn't have to be anyone of importance. <laughs> but it made sense almost to a stranger who doesn't know her, because everyone else in the Resistance knows who Ray yeah, is. I literally... Like, it was a ghost town. There was no one around. Was that lady like literally just like standing out there suntanning? Like I don't understand yeah, why. There's no reason for her to be there, especially like especially in Force Awakens. Like that particular area is pretty much like a wasteland. But the fa- like, someone had to ask her, "Who are you?" So that way she could say, "I'm yeah. Skywalker," and that kind of concludes the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So right? let's then go into the point of. So, Daisy Ridley, she, or Daisy, is it her last name Ridley? Yeah. I think it is, yeah. Daisy Ridley, there's been so many Ridleys, Scott Ridley, this Ridley. Daisy Ridley, like, has said she's not doing any more. And we know the next trilogy is going to be Knights of the Old Republic, which we talked about a little last week with, you know, you got John Wick, the whole Keanu factor coming on. What's the plan here, really? Like, what's the plan? If you were really leaving it off with that whole saber, it raises so many questions that will never get answered. Right? As far as I can see, like, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, as a movie and a whole, since we really kind of jumped directly into Rise of Skywalker, I, I feel like there was more... There was more questions than there were answers, especially where it's going to go in the future. Right. Yeah. Like, like now, if if 
if Ray's never going to come back to this, you know, timeline, right? You know, where are they going to go with it? The Knights of the Old Republic is that, you know, like, I, I don't understand. We're going to see, and it could be interesting. It could be a little bit of fun what they're going to do. I honestly, I thought we had a promising start with Force Awakens. Ben was very disappointed about Last Jedi. And at that point in time, it was almost like it was too late to save anything or salvage anything. That's exactly how I agree. So it's like, here we are with an okay film to end the Age of the Resistance. Right. Which is really sad, because I feel like as you know, fans that have followed this since the time we were little kids, even our parents that have passed this whole generation down to us, um, you know, I feel like we were almost robbed of that final sense, which Ray was... You know, for someone that was really supposed to be the balancer of the force, I guess she she did, but I felt like we didn't really get that whole um, satisfactory feeling that we should have got at the end of it. Yeah. So, just leaving off, you know, so we can almost start to go into next week. So, quick sneak peek, what are we going to start talking about next week? Yeah, next week we're really going to go into The Mandalorian. Uh, I think it, it kind of fits with what we're going on. It, it's a current topic uh, that, you know, they just ended their last episode of the first season. We've got to wait, what, a whole year yeah. until the next comes up. So, you know, while that's still hot, we want to strike while the iron's hot, so they yeah. say. So we're going to jump into that. It's kind of a great segue from where we are going to leave the, actually, the big, you know, the franchise of Star Wars, like the big, the big nine. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where we're going to kind of, Touch into next week. Yeah. So, um, as far as like, I was looking up some articles. Uh, I guess the whole thing is they're gonna try to tie in the whole Palpatine um, theory of how he kind of came to come back into Mandalorian. So that's interesting because now almost like you have a whole brand new generation fan base of the Mandalorian that's and, so tied in just and one Mando. thing I want to mention too because I'm, I'm going to take a look at this real quick because I, I think this is going to be super important for our viewers is to take a look at where each like film and aspect of Star Wars ties into the timeline right so let's take a look and see where exactly this is going to fit in so the, the Mandalorian is supposed to take place right after Return of the Jedi before The Force Awakens. Right. So this is exactly where we find out, you know, it makes sense to why they would bring in, right. you know, why Pel how Palpatine survived. Right. So, uh, before we leave off here, do you ever see, you know, you know, you say, you know, Daisy Ridley is done right now. Right. Do you think she ever makes a cameo in the future? And what do you see for the Knights of the World Republic going forward? And do you think, you know, maybe, you know, the makers like, you know, Disney and everyone now, do you think they're trying to sign the big name actors to get the fan base back after this last couple of films? What do you think? I don't think, I mean, outside of Harrison Ford, there was never any big name signing from Star Wars. Like, no one knew who Daisy Ridley was before. Right, exactly. Star Wars, no one knew who Mark Hamill was before Star Wars. The right. only one that ever had a name was Harrison Ford, and he mm -hmm. wasn't even that main. He wasn't, a, like, he was a main character, right. but he yeah. wasn't, like, one of the top ones. Like, you know, who, who knew what Ewan McGregor was or Hayden mm -hmm. Christensen? So I don't right, believe exactly. that they're using it, like, big names to draw people back in, because I don't think that's ever been the Star Wars way. Right. But again, <clears throat> we've got to think about this. It's not... It's not the same. Like Disney's doing this now. It's not. It's right. Not, exactly. George Lucas. Yeah. So we don't really know where that's going. I mean, what do you think? 
I, uh, I'm the same way. Like, I don't think Disney... It, I mean, for instance, you know, the MCU, just tying that in, you know, no one knew who Chris Evans was, and no one really knew a whole lot about Kareem. Well, Chris Evans, at least you know, he had a, a leading uh, role in the like Fantastic Four. He was the Human yeah. Torch. Yeah, and Cellular and like, those little things. But even, like, you know, Chris Hemsworth, I remember when he first started, Anthony Hopkins was doing an interview that was saying, you know, this might be the worst actor I ever worked with, because the whole idea was... They were really rolling the dice on people versus getting these big-name actors. And I think that's what's going on. I just think, you know, honestly, you know, it's kind of like in basketball and football. Like, you know, you have those people that go on hot streaks. And I think, you know, Keanu Reeves is really on a hot streak right now. And they're in talks to try to, you know, sign him as Adam Warlock. And he's already making... You know, he's playing Raven, and then you have Darth Malak, who's going to also be the next villain of the trilogy. So I think, and honestly, you know, Keanu Neal, uh, I'm not Keanu Neal, the safety from the Falcons, uh, Keanu Reeves, um, he's, he's actually a pretty good actor. I don't think a lot of people give him enough credit. I mean, so I think he could actually play a villain really well, which is interesting because no one's really seen him play a villain before. Yeah, we have, we have never seen, like, the, the dark aspect of Keanu, what he can really bring to the table as not not the protagonist, but the antagonist. So, right. No, I'm, I'm excited to see that. And so I think that is a really good place for us to kind of leave off here. Uh, we're jumping in next week to The Mandalorian. We're going to get into a little about that, what our, what our thoughts are, things we love about it, things that... We have questions of, maybe they'll answer, maybe yeah. they won't the next season of it, but uh, stay tuned, guys. It was an absolute pleasure bringing this to you today. Let us know what you think about Rise of Skywalker and Chase. Just kind of get, give us a little uh, parting. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely keep tuning in. You know, this is Factor Fantasy with Chase and Josh. If you like the channel, uh, definitely subscribe to it because, once again, as we talked about last week, and I know we really dove in deeper this week. We're going to keep getting deeper into these subjects. That's what this show is about. We have so much material here. And we really want your comments as well because that gives us stuff to feed off of to address, you know, what are the different opinions and what the different futures of these franchises are. So we're going to keep diving into that next week. We definitely have a big topic with the whole finalings and you know, of the baby Yodas of the world. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a pretty big one. And then from there, you know, we'll just, we're going to keep climbing that mountain, man. Yeah. We've, we've got a lot of new things, fresh topics. We're not going to beat anything to death over a series of weeks. I know we got very detailed, took a lot of time out of you guys today, but I hope you've enjoyed watching us. We enjoyed giving it to you and, uh, we will see you next time. See you next time. Uh, Add to our fan page if you want to uh, put comments up, and we'll start talking about those uh, next week. Yeah, I mean, follow us on uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Instagram. Facebook. we got a YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be out there, and we're looking forward to uh, having you guys be a part of our world. Definitely. This is Chase and Josh. Signing off.